react. This podcast is scheduled for one fall. With a 60-minute time limit coming out of the black corner at a combined weight of 666 pounds, according to you from the video room at Michigan University. I'm your boy, Xander Hobbs. This is... I'm Bobby V. And once again, we're bringing you another edition of the... Mesolocalypse. It is about us. <laughs> you had that little hiccup and I like was running out of breath. Uh, uh, appropriate way to get into this episode. So let's well, start right up. As an experienced tag team, you improvise, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. Uh, what a week. What a week. I was at C, so I caught up, uh, caught up over the last few days, put it all into my brain. But one thing I have to say is, man, really surprised that Ric Flair is all elite. Yeah, man. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I was whatever about it. Everybody was freaking out. And I was like, oh, it's Ric Flair. Like, I get it. Him and Sting have a thing. And, you know, he puts. I feel like that, like, they just, they went on Cameo and they're like, Ric Flair, Cameo, boom. I know, it. right? It's probably like, what, a few hundred bucks, 250? <laughs> Ric Flair, I'll lead to getting appearance fees, 100%. Seriously. Yeah. But I did like how Christian Cage kind of like put it all in a bow. Yeah, he did. I, I was refreshing to watch him come out because I was just like getting like a little bit tired of the love fest. But yeah, right. But Christian Cage is definitely having the best run of his career. So glad to see that. But I think probably the most striking thing of AEW this week was Daniel Bryanson just taking a fucking boot to the dome. Yeah, that black mask kick is surgical. And, it's so uh, good, dude. Yeah. So if this puts a program with him and Malachi Black, I'm all for it. Because we yeah, have also, a lot of that guy. Yeah. And I was going to say also, it's like, it makes sense, right? Because then you can get a bunch of shenanigans. We can have like, you know, there are two factions with a bunch of different matches and different tag matches and everything. So, um, and again, it's like right now, Daniel Bryanson is just blessing people. Yeah, you get to be in the program with me. You get to wrestle me. So. I can't think of anybody better who maybe I don't know if he's been the most misused because there's so many on the AW roster. Yeah. But what like a bunch of start and stops and 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 just really glad to see him getting this opportunity to really showcase himself against Brian Danielson because, you know, their matches are going to be dope. Yeah, I just wish that they'd put Danielson in some more storylines instead of just putting him in a match. Cause like we know the match is gonna be good, but like we want to get some emotional investment out of it too, you know. Like, hundred percent. That's one of the three things. But and maybe this is one of the ways to do it. Like I said, this one seems like it might have some legs to it. There's a no. lot of layers they can go. Yeah, I agree. So, so I like it. I think more so than like calling out Zack Saber, which is cool. Again, great match. Love it. Blessing him. Whatever. But I think I'm I'm on the same page as you. My question is like, apparently, probably as we speak right now on free TV, that the one of the best, like one of the best wrestlers of his generation and one of the best up and coming wrestlers are wrestling for a title on free TV. Yeah. And I was thinking about that today, too. And I was kind of weirded out by it. I still kind of am. But I guess they're doing it because MJF is about to break Kenny Omega's streak. So they want to see if Kenny Omega, because I think he's got like three more days or something like that. Because when he whispered in his ear like a couple weeks ago that it was 13 days. So I, I'm pretty sure that's why they're doing that. And then they're just going to put another notch under MJF's belt. 
that makes sense. They did something similar with the Usos and New Day when the Usos were like coming up. And then the last day they had that really epic match. I want to say probably earlier this year, maybe late last year. That makes sense. But still, it's like it's it's part of what Tony Khan has done. It's like you just it's like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? this actually has a good reason. So I'm not hating on it. But yeah, that's that. Uh, when I read that, I was like, OK, that makes sense now. So. Yeah, but I still don't know, like, wh- why do they keep showing Wardlow with MJF on his fucking things? Like, I'm going to take like, wh- I thought you already beat him and freed yourself. Like, I don't understand why they're bringing Wardlow back with this. And he's not really even in a feud with anybody. Because he probably wants they're probably setting him up for a title program with MJF. That's that's probably going to be the guy that's when like time. summer 2025, once they actually reestablish Wardlow and reintroduce him to everybody. I mean, him, yeah, I get what you you're know? saying, but I'm just saying that that looks like the direction that they're going in. Cause like, you know, they're going to do this tweener shit with him and then he's going to be a full blown heel and he can't fight him at um the last pay-per-view of the year because that's already going to Jay White. So you're, so it's going to be in 2024 at some point. Yeah, but I don't know. I think it's a big miss. Like, I don't like how they brought him back. I don't like they brought him back in this way. Like, I don't know. I don't like that they slowed him down from the first place. A hundred percent. No, Dude. you're right. Exactly. Like, I mean, was he injured? Is that why he was off TV? No, they didn't say anything about an injury. Interesting. And I would have read that in the dirt sheets, but like, I don't even really trust those too much, to be honest with you. So <laughs> I I'm they just did what Tony Khan does and he like likes to he's good at the pop and then he's good at cooling people down. Right. Yeah, he's the fucking cooler, man. Um I did love the main event of Dynamite. Uh I thought well, that, why are we bringing in like Okada to like randomly I mean he didn't get pinned, but like to put him on the losing end of a match again. What was the point of bringing out Okada? Oh, I have no idea. I was just going to say, I really like some of the sequences that Claudio Castanella and uh, Orange Cassidy had. Like, they've yeah. got good they've got good chemistry. And again, like, I get it. Like, right now, it seems like you're more focused on, like, storytelling and, and that stuff. But as an in-ring, as just a match, the main event was really good. It's just a match. It was good. But, like, it's just, I'm tired of just having just a match. Like, yeah, I mean, why would anybody gets, watch Dynamite? They could just watch our matches of the week. Exactly. I could just put out matches like the one I have coming up for you guys. And like, it's just, it's just weird how he does it. It's like getting me not invested into watching a good wrestling match because I know it's a throwaway match and there's nothing behind it. I know. It's like, if only you have like a really established, like, like, you know, tag team that was breaking up and had, had both real life and and kayfabe heat, and they were going to go at it against each other. You know what I would do? Give it away on free TV. Yeah, that's what TK would do. I know because we had uh, Ortiz and what versus Mike Santana. Is that who he's going by now? He's going by Mike Santana. Yeah, man, and it was a good match. And I think like there was lots of great moments. Yeah, but if there's not legs to this, if they don't, but it was already like what was it? It was there was already a crazy. Wasn't it like a Last man standing or no DQ or there was some stipulation on it on this one. Right. Like, yeah, I want to say it was a no DQ match or something. Right. Cause obviously with the first match, they get like the, he books backwards. (laughs) Of course he does. I'm sure I'm surprised it wasn't like a last man standing or 
or Some like a shit. or like a fucking last man standing cage match with like thumbtacks and glass and shit yeah. like that. And then we're gonna go backwards, and the last one's gonna be like a technical wrestling match. It's, yeah, it's just gonna be straight up one fall. Yeah, right. Time limit. Yeah, but I thought overall it was a good match. Like, love to see those guys back. But again, I think like like you said, it's like the meat of the program has no meat. No, there's nothing on it. It's like cutting into the watermelon and realize it's all rye and there's no water. Exactly. It's just, it's just what well, I was listening to this other podcast and um, what is he saying? Disco Inferno was right. Like good matches don't sell like there. We're already there for the match. Like, you know, it's like go back to WrestleMania three. The best match on the card was probably Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat. But what is the match everybody remembers? It's Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. So, you know, and they, that wasn't a clinic by any means. So it's just like, there's something to be said because we have three things in wrestling that we always talk about. Who's fighting? Why are they fighting? And why the hell do we care? Yeah, man, exactly, exactly. And one thing they're definitely doing right now to wrap up the AEW tip is they're trying to make us care about somebody I call him Baby Osprey. You may call him Kyle Fletcher, but man, yeah, he's really good. He's really good, and, and he's getting quite the push against a lot of really good. I think it's like obviously it's like uh, you know uh, all these guys want to get are willing to get in the ring with him. It's a testament to his talent. But yeah, I was like, oh my god, this guy's like in every yeah. show on some like again in a good match no, like good. i, I like it, him so. and i like ozzy open with his partner I, I can't remember his name at the top of my head right now but they're a really good tag team and it's just like that's one of the i was one of the bright spots on dynamite because i like watching kyle fletcher wrestle yeah definitely um but overall uh you know i think the dynamite was probably better than it has been better than it has been because last week's was atrocious it was awful very yeah it was like very difficult to watch so um but we're gonna move on to the wwe and um man the more chad gable the better that's what i'm saying yeah, and i like their like i i like their match with new day that's good tech yeah wrestling. i mean new day doesn't put out anything bad like i'm a little sick of them at this point but um, if it's more Chad Gable on the screen, then I'm cool with it. Yeah, but I'm less sick of them than I was like years ago when they were That's in everything. True. You know, it's like they're being properly used. And honestly, they're, I mean, they're long in the tooth. Yeah. So saving them for good matches. And if they're going to put a shine on Chad Gable and um, Otis and what isn't, who is it now? Who's with them? Maxine Dupree. Yeah, but no, the Asian dude, the... um. Oh, Takazawa? Akira Tazawa. Yeah, and he's like he's like watching Otis and like doing the thing, which is hilarious. But that's pretty funny. Yeah, and which I would say that's the cool thing about that match is like, you know, Kofi Kingston and Chad Gable can put on a technical wrestling match, but they also are very good at doing the comedy pro yeah, wrestling. And it's and it's cool that because it breaks up the monotony of the show and it's not comedy in a stupid way. Like it's it's funny. Like I love Chad Gable's shush thing and his thank you. It's pretty funny. Yeah, ex exactly. But um, 
what did you think about Becky Lynch and Indy Hartwell? It was a good match. I like in I like Indy Hartwell, and of course, you know Becky Lynch. That a lot of people have been getting the shine under um, Becky's title reign. So, which brings me to the point. Um, I didn't see it on here, but um, did you watch NXT? No, I didn't watch NXT. Oh, yeah, because Becky is now the ex champion. She lost to she lost to Lyra Valkyrie, the the yeah the other Irish person. And then um, what else was big that happened there? What is it? Chase, you are now the tag team champions. They beat the Guidos. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and then there was a good match with Roxanne Perez and somebody else. And it was a good, and then um, Brian Pillman Jr. made his debut. Oh, he finally did. Excellent. Yeah. So that, that was cool. It's, I'm glad he's going to finally get some shine because he was, we thought he was paying his dues in AEW, but they just weren't doing anything with him. And, you know, he made the right move, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure there's like, it's kind of like, I don't know. You want to, I think it's the right decision because at AEW, you're probably your family name means less. Maybe. Yeah. No, know. that's true. And there's just so many, I mean, not that there's not a lot of people in WWE, but like, I think him in the NXT system is perfect mm -hmm. because he won't get lost in the shuffle up in the main roster. No, and he, they were doing mostly dark shit anyways. And like, you know, and honestly, like right now, if get under, get, like, why would you not want to be in Shawn Michaels program? No, I, I agree with that 100%. Like, NXT's always had a more like intimate setting when it comes to like not just the show, but the trainers and stuff. A lot of the wrestlers used to be or seem to be really close with the trainers, like people when Regal was there and Dusty and you know, all those guys, and now it's with um HBK and they seem to really like him. So you probably get that attention that you need, especially when you're trying to perform perfect this craft. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. So I definitely agree. Like good for for Pillman and you know, probably he was probably gonna get released anyways. Like, oh yeah. Everyone pretends like Tony Khan's not releasing people, but oh, he's yeah. doing it just same way the WWE is. Um but uh I am loving the DIY reunion. Yeah, they gotta get him to do something because like the tag team division is actually stepping up to be quite decent, and DIY is a good tag team. That's uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, for those of you that don't know out there. Um, yeah, because they're not – Gargano wasn't really doing much on his own. And Ciampa was in that quick program with Gunther, and then that was it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, obviously, Triple H, who used to be that at the helm of the Golden Black brand, when it was the Golden Black brand. Yeah. And DIY was one of the best that they had going. So yeah, exactly. I think he recognizes that – I mean, like, yes, they're solid mid-card. I think right now. Yeah, I don't see them any. Right now, I don't see them. To get reestablished and do it. Yeah, I don't see them anywhere higher on the card right now. That's where they're, they're, they're are where they should be. But it's just cool to see them back, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Really enjoyed Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Because obviously they're both. They're both really good. Yeah. And then, but really, uh, 
overall, a gr- I thought a good raw. A, a, oh, above average. It was decent wrestling it was, show. It was decent. I'll give it that. Yeah, I think in it, it always, and we, I will always say this. It's like it's just too fucking long, yeah. man. There's no way that it could be like you're always gonna have duds. Oh, for sure. You're always gonna have like moments where I'm just like, ah, I'm gonna get up and go do something else. I don't need to watch this right now. Like exactly. That's it's so. like that's why I watched the condensed version on Hulu to get rid of all the you know they just kind of trim the fat of the show. So you just get what makes right. it, you know, what you're there to watch. Um, yeah, ex- exactly. But SmackDown, not so long. And a little bit more tighter storylines. Um, this one I thought was good. We had some classic wrestling tropes, contract signing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always excellent. Yeah, contract signings are always good. I loved how LA Knight interrupted roman reigns's 15 minute entrance and just walked out that was that was classic yeah he's obviously like he's known he's making his way as a a promo artist a few weeks in a row or not maybe even just every now and then he he's had some slip-ups but i think this week he came so hard and he was like perfect and i think it really just raises the stake it makes it makes his work has made this match at Crown Jewel like kind of a must see, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to tune in. We want to see. But I don't, I mean, the question in the end is like, is Elliot Knight the man who's going to take these titles? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I don't think, I don't think he should be. I still think it should be Cody Rhodes. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want it to be some bullshit where he wins in Saudi Arabia and loses on Raw or whatever. Right, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah. Because that devalues everything you've done for Roman Reigns as well. You know. Absolutely. I don't see Roman Reigns winning clean. No, he's not going to win. He doesn't ever win clean. Ever. So, I mean, I know. And that's one of the things, like, right? It's like. The bloodline is very AEW in that way. With all of the dusty finishes and all of the interference all of the time. Like, it's always built in and baked in and i'm not down for that no so but i agree with that but i think like la nightman like if he loses though what happens like where does he go what happens that's that is true i don't know they booked themselves in the corner again i mean like i mean but like i don't think he's i think if he loses if he gets done dirty i don't think it'll he'll lose any momentum because i don't i i'm pretty sure the majority of the crowd knows he's not going to win yeah, I mean, at least the crowd, like, yes, I probably would agree with that. But here's my, then this is the question, though. Like, even if he gets done dirty, do they extend this feud? They have to do, they have to do something in between now and WrestleMania when, you know, it's Cody to come up. Cause I think he'll, he'll be like, you know, fantasy booking, be traded to SmackDown or get drafted to SmackDown or whatever. So, you know, maybe they do a draft or something, another draft and like another that, another convenient trade or something, something, you know, how they just like, you know, it doesn't matter. They do whatever they want. They do, they'll just one day he'll be on Smackdown and they won't explain it. So, yeah. And then LA Knight will be what on Raw and be like, oh, yeah, there there was a trade. I don't know. I'm worried about LA Knight. Like I'm worried about LA Knight because as hot as he is, like we've as much as we talk shit on Tony Khan, it's not like WWE can't fucking ice down anybody. 
No, I know. I know. I get what you mean. So it's like just looking at what the next step is. If he loses to Roman Reigns, what happens? Where does he go? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't, I don't have the answer do. either. But hopefully they do, and there's a program for him in the in the main event status, and we can go from there. But yeah, um, overall WWE continues to what eat AEW's lunch, I would say. Yeah, like just as far as like programming and everything goes. Just real quick before uh, we get to the break, I just want to bring this up. Impact Wrestling, the little engine that could, is now going to change its name back to TNA, Total Impact Wrestling. Um, they did their Bound for Glory show a, a week ago, I believe. It was really good. Alex Shelley and Josh Alexander for the title. It was awesome. Um, then they had Mickey James and Trinity for the women's title. And then the uh, Rascals and... Oh, they fought Ace and Chris Bay from Bullet Club, and Chris Bay and Ace won. So it was it was a decent decent show. Nice. Also, that reminds me. Um, according to the IG and the dirt sheets, one Chris Hero is back. I want to say he's all elite and will be uh, performing in ring in the near future. Nice. And then another one, Alex Hammerstone asks for his release from mlw so he may be coming to wwe or AEW pretty soon yeah i'm betting on AEW. Pro that'd probably be the better fit for him because it's like wwe is just too stacked right now like there's just there there wouldn't be any room for him yeah and they're not gonna if he's leaving then they need to keep room for fad too that's true the bloodline gets stronger oh yeah the, with jacob tattoo yeah dude yeah but we will see uh both of them both of those performers have a bit of baggage yeah they do but we'll so. have to wait and see what happens but that was the first half we're gonna take a quick powder and we'll come back to you with some hard-hitting cool shit two freddy's coming for you Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, the Dark Lord's favorite segment, and Jim Harbaugh's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? We like to call it Cool Sheep. Damn, Harbaugh, that's a mouthful. It is. It is. You know what I recommend doing? Don't worry about saying it. Just pay somebody to go tape other people saying it and report <laughs> back. There you go. It's convenient. It's weird. They've been so good lately. The last couple I know. Of that is weird. That all makes sense now. Oh, he's such a piece of trash. I mean, he's not as bad as... Um, who was that Florida coach who ruined... What's his name? Urban Meyer? Oh, that's the guy. That's the guy. That scumbag? Dude, what a another piece of trash. But anyways, you know who's not a piece of trash? St. Jones. St. Jones, thank you for writing into this question. We're going to get to you right now. Longtime wrestling and cowboy fan here. Like him already. Good man. 
I just want to know what you guys think are the chances of Dallas trading up to draft Caleb Williams. Huh. As much as I'd love that, and I've said something similar, pretty much zero. They're not drafting him. No, no. They, I mean, for better or worse, I don't think they're getting off the deck. Prescott, um, train, trip, carriage, bumble, I don't know, Mr. Toad's wild, Dak Prescott's wild ride, whatever it may or may not be. you want to call it. Yeah. And I think they've, uh, like, you know, a lot of people get caught up in all of the hoopla because they're America's team and everything. But like consistently over the last few years, they've drafted well for defense. The defense has played well. I think they're just going to continue to try to develop that identity, hang their hat on that and hope that Dak is good enough over the next two years, probably is the window to like compete. But I mean, it's tough. It's like. The Eagles are good. The Eagles are really fucking good. They're really good. So, but I don't think what they're going to do is is sacrifice draft picks to get an unproven rookie quarterback to step into a team that demands winning now. And as good as Caleb Williams is, he's not that good. Nah, we'll have to see it once he takes an NFL snap. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that he can drop 50 on, you know, Cal, but Cal sucks though. They're they're three and four going into that game. They should have yeah. breaks off of them. Their defense, I mean, their defense is atrocious. That's the problem. He's not, he's not rolling out and having you know one of the Bosa brothers on his ass. Like let's be real. So, yeah. but I do think Caleb Williams will be the number one pick, and whoever gets him is probably going to be better off than I don't know whoever picked Ryan Leaf, for instance. No, yeah, anybody would be better. So, but I think this I I like it, Zane. I'm glad that you love wrestling and cowboys and that you want to engage with us. But I think that's wishful thinking. I like that you tried to put it out in this. You put it out in the ether, though. Yeah, put it out there. So we'll see what happens. And hey, if it does, write us back and you can tell us, tell me like you told told you you so. All right. Countdown to All Hallows Clock. I'm jealous Xander got to go to Baby Metal Death Clock. Ooh. Those are two bands that I've been into for a while. How was the show overall, and how was Baby Metal Live? The show was great overall. Um, This is my second time seeing Death Clock and my second time seeing Baby Metal. And uh, Baby Metal was cool. We walked into them like in the middle of their set, kind of. But um, they have a big following, and their backup band that they have is really good. And I'm just glad that that girl, Mo Metal, or Sue Metal, I think that's who she is, can still do that. Because I know one of them had to quit because she got too old or something. And um, But yeah, they're good. They're a good band. They have a big following. So does Death Clock. And it was just, it was a great metal show. And uh, uh, what was the venue you guys went to? YouTube Theater. And that's down there uh, by SoFi? It's right next to SoFi. So terrible traffic, I imagine. The tri- it was a bitch to get there. But how but, how was the venue? I've never been there. The it's venue's like, good. It seats 4,000. The show was sold out. So there's there's not one seat empty in the house. And the, the sound's great. The sound is awesome. Um and it's not so crammed. Like it seems like there's a lot of they packed a lot of people in a small place, but it's not that crammed. 
we had seats and it was it was good how uh how was the hvac good air conditioning yeah yeah i wasn't stuffy in there um, i don't know how it was on the floor because we didn't have floor tickets but um no no sweating and anything like that so it was excellent good. excellent that sounds awesome yeah death clock fantastic baby metal um not surprised i mean precision right oh yeah just real tight same with death clock though like Wow. It's just like if you if you want to go see like good like tight heavy metal music, then that was the show to go to. Nice, that's awesome. All right, next question: the million dollar swatch. I've been watching LA Knight since he was Eli Drake. Look at me, Louie Jesus, <laughs> dummy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he's finally getting the rub. I just want to know what you guys would think if he was the one to dethrone reigns a crown jewel i'm gonna ask answer that with the same question that bobby asked what do we do with him if he doesn't win but i'm gonna switch it around and go what do we do with him if he does win what do you do like where does that story go and where does cody finish his story was did he finish it by getting the, the tag team titles the undisputed titles was that the story no it wasn't so there's just too many stones unturned i should say and i think that um not eli drake la knight <laughs> you know he could i could see him as a world title holder you know if that belt starts going around i can see him holding that belt but as of right now the undisputed title no and it's just what do you do from there so here's a couple things answering the question what would i think it would be the same thing we thought when we saw Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar clean. I think what the hell is what that's fucking awesome. Oh my God. I did not expect that. This is the surprise. This is why we watch wrestling. That would be amazing. Uh, I don't believe that's going to happen though. Right. So realistically, as, as I was listening to you, what I think happens, I think what the, if I was booking it there, there is shenanigans involved. And LA Knight gets in a, an extended feud, probably with Solo Sokoa. Yeah. Because they're, he's hot as shit. They, we know Sokoa has already been kind of tabbed as part of the future. They're going to have great matches. LA Knight going against Paul Heyman on the mic, I think, is money, works good. You, put, you can really sell Sokoa. I think that's probably where it goes. It could be with the Uso brother, but I think in the end, they're looking at WrestleMania Uso versus Uso. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Especially because if you go back and if you just look at some of the interviews they've talked about, they believe they want that match. And they're getting, you know, they've got probably, they've got a lot more matches behind them than they do in front of them. Do they you think the Usos are getting close to being washed? No, no. I'm just saying they've been in the game a long time. They've been at the top of the game a long time. And you just, at some point, you can't, the way they wrestle and I would say they're some of their lifestyles outside of wrestling. Like they have more matches behind them than in front of them. Okay. All right. And you never, they may never have this much heat ever. No, I think Uso versus Uso match this year. WrestleMania would be, it's like main event. It could be main event. Like um, definitely night one. The Usos. I mean, Jey Uso, is, he's getting ready to hit his peak. So, like, he's so over right now. So, you know, they have to strike while the iron's hot. And I think what you were saying is correct, that, you know, WrestleMania, 
Uso versus Uso, that's going to be like, that could be the main event of night one. Like you said. And it would be crazy and people would go wild for it. So exactly, that's kind of what I think is the case. But, and that's why I feel that I think like an LA night, Solo Sokoa um, feud is, makes sense coming out of the crown jewel. But definitely, like, I would love to see LA Knight in a feud with Seth Rollins, although I know he needs some rest. And there's like, I think there's a lot of options for him, uh, but they have to get him out of this feud one way or the other. Right. Because everyone gets everybody gets fed to the, the tribal chief. Yeah, for sure. But that was our mailbag. And if I didn't get to your question, then maybe it'll be next week or send me a better question. But if you do want a chance to get into the mailbag, you can get at me on Instagram. It's Xander Hobbs, X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S. Bobby, where can they find you? Uh, Wrestleocalypse on the Meta Machines. Um, it's spelt like it sounds, but you know that because you're already listening. And before we get on to the next segment, just do me a favor. If you're listening to this and you haven't already, give us a follow, give us a like. And um, maybe ring that notification bell so you can get when the next episode comes out. We've been dropping these pretty consistently lately. But if you can do all that, that shows us better on the algorithm. And we'd like gladly appreciate it. And yeah, just do it. Do it. But we have a good match of the week for you this week. Since you heard in the interlude, it is the weekend of Halloween. So we are going to take you back to 1991. Halloween Havoc, WCW. For the World Television Champion, we have two wrestlers that you would know, but not in this way. Right. So the World Television Champion, defending television champion, stunning Steve Austin, will be defending his title against the natural Dustin Rhodes. Who are these guys? Is that what you guys are asking right now? Who is the stunning Steve Austin? Well... Once you're stunning, next you get to be stone cold. So. That's right. And then when the natural's worn off, you become gold dust. I guess so, right? I guess. But this is um, before that. This match, I heard somebody talking about Halloween Havoc, and I wanted to, from NXT, and then I wanted to get something that was, like, relevant to the season because we like celebrating the seasons around here. Um, but, yeah, so I pulled up this match. And this whole show is actually really good, but I just want to get onto the match. Bobby, did you get the chance to check this out? I watched a little bit of it. I watched a little bit of it. It's only 15 minutes. It's, uh, I think you, I, we watched it on, I had to watch it on Peacock. So it was like, I had to like find it. Yeah. But I did also do some research on it. And so um, overall, I think this, it was a solid mid card match for a big program when we look at that you know they had lex luger and versus ron simmons for the two out of three falls match for the heavyweight champion yeah he said this is actually like watch the whole thing it's crazy when you look at some of the names that are in this thing yeah mary windham arn anderson abdullah the butcher um terry taylor yeah uh Rick Rude, um, Big Van Vader, uh, obviously, uh, stunning Steve Austin, yeah. Dustin Rhodes, um, Teddy Long had his fingers in a match. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of big names in this. Mm-hmm. And Dusty Rhodes was in Ron Simmons' corner. So that's right. 
Yeah, it was cool. If you want to take a trip down Nostalgia Lane, check this out. Like Bobby said, he caught it on Peacock. That's where I caught it as well. You can find it at the one hour, seven minute and 48 second mark. If you don't want to skip all that, I did you the favor and found it for you. And um, let's get on to what we're watching besides wrestling. You got quite a few cool things on here that I see. Yeah, man. Every Halloween we have to watch, obviously. Um, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, poor Linus. But he has the faith. He's looking for, he doesn't want a cynical pumpkin patch. He needs, you know, he needs a certain pumpkin patch. And just really funny, loved it. We watched the Ghostbusters 2 movie. And this might be controversial, but I don't know why people hated it so much. I don't, get, I don't get why people hated it either. I kind of liked it. Dude, I thought it hit all the nostalgia points. It was like, I don't know. I think people are just crazy. And a lot of them are these like, they feel they own something because they're a fan and they can shit on it if they don't like it or whatever. And, but I thought it was really good. I laughed out loud a bunch of times. Honestly, Chris Hemsworth or whatever the Hemsworth brother was hilarious. Like, really like they really captured these like the important parts of some of the characters they were emulating you wait, know wait 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 ghostbusters 2 is this a recent one no this is one with the ladies oh okay i never saw that i don't oh it's funny never, it's great i thought you were talking about actually ghostbusters 2 no the second one which is amazing no obviously that one with vigo yeah that one i mean come on yeah, I thought you were talking about that because people shit on that one too. No, well, they're stupid too. They're all. And I know why like, people were shitting on this Ghostbusters because it was all women. That's why, yeah. They that's 100 percent why it was because they're all incels and they were all like, meh, meh, meh. But it was actually really funny and hilarious, and we really enjoyed it because we've been trying to watch a lot of like Halloween themed movies. And we're like, well, we were gonna watch Ghostbusters, which I've seen a million times. It's one of my favorite movies, obviously. But I was like, yeah. Like, why don't we watch this one? We've never seen it. We watched like, and it was good. It was worth it. Um, the other one we're watching is this uh, newer show. It's called Lessons in Chemistry. It's on Apple TV. And it's, uh, I think it's with um, Brie Larson, Supergirl, I think, who is it? But it's okay. based on a novel and it's about the scientist. And then she becomes like, uh, mid it's, it's in the 50s and she becomes like a cooking show star and it's like it's just really well done so far only watched a couple episodes one episode actually to be honest um but it's like it's really well done and a great period piece so we like that one we got uh we've been checking out the i don't know if you've seen it rob zombies the monsters yeah i watched a little bit of it and then i turned it off and i never got back to it so well i can't really make an assessment on it no, I think it's the same thing. It's very similar to what I was saying about that Ghostbusters movie. It's like it, it's the nostalgia, like they've got his voice and there's like funny things to it. But it's kind of like Rob, like extra with Rob Zombie. So yeah. we're going to give it we're going to give it a few more chances. And then, um, yeah, uh, NBA season is in effect. So I've got the league pass and I've been watching some basketball. Nice. I haven't I've only been watching the same shit. I finished um Ink Master with the teams with Clean Rock One and the other guy. And then I finished the season um the Battle of the Sexes. I finished that one. Now I'm on to this one where it's called Turf Wars. And they have a team from the West, a team from the East, a team from the South, 
a team from the Midwest and they're all like tattooing out and teams and stuff and team members get eliminated and there's all kinds of ink master stuff going on. So that's what I've been watching. That's cool. You should check out this show called glow up on Netflix. Glow up. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like a makeup show. It's good though. All right. I'll check it out. Cause it's like, it's not like face off where it was like all sin. It was all like cinema makeup. There is some of this and they do prosthetics and stuff, but they also do like other crazy challenges and it's way, it's a little bit more artistic. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. If you finished all your, if you finished all your uh, ink master stuff, it's, it's like, it's cool. I like, right. we liked it. All right, so we didn't do too well last week. We did not do as well as we could have last week. That's for sure. Uh, definitely low-scoring week for football, man. Lots of unders. Lots of unders, yeah, for sure. Lots of unders. And obviously the Niners reeling two losses in a row. Kirk Cousins, the best quarterback in the NFL, leads the Vikings to victory. Um, did not see that one coming. No, me neither. And then with the piss poor 39 points total, like, come on. <laughs> you know, obviously needed the Dolphins to beat the Eagles. They couldn't again. Piss poor showing 1731 gets the under. Didn't like that. We were right on the Cleveland Browns winning, but they could only win by one. Yeah. Fuckers. So technically, the only ones that hit for us, the only one that hit for us was the lions and ravens yeah that was a ww thank you ravens for being ass kicker scoring 38 points on on like i'm glad the defense didn't play any better because it could have easily been 41 38 or 3 to 38 and i would have been super pissed no we didn't even hit that one because we picked the under and the, the over hit oh shit i didn't see that yeah no, we didn't even, so we didn't win any games last week well, we we didn't win. We didn't sweep any games. We won, but there's 10 bets that we make every week. Yeah. But that makes it worse, though. It definitely makes it worse. Because if this was Vegas, we would be coming out with a goose egg. Yeah, but at the same time, we did well the other week. So we just, we you know, it's all, we're, we're long-term betters. Yeah, okay. We're pros. We grind. We grind. This um, week, um, I tried to pick, I, I tried to pick games that have some sort of, like, interesting storyline to it or something to like make it a little bit more interesting than just like a bet except for the Cowboys game because we want to we want to pick every Cowboys game they play but this one I think the interesting thing is uh they're playing at LA they're favored by six Cowboys are they playing at at LA I think they're playing in Dallas Did, did I write that down wrong I think so no I think you're right I was gonna say you it's yeah they're playing in Dallas yeah, it's Rams versus Cowboys. And I was going to say, because the Cowboys, I want to say, are like, they've got a 10-game winning streak streak at home. They also, both them and Mike McCarthy, have been excellent against the spread after the bye. Um, so, anyways, Dallas is favored by six. And the over-under is 45 and a half. I'll take Dallas in the under. Dallas coming off the bye. I would agree with that. I like after last week, I feel, you know, teams are coming off buys. There's a lot of tape, tape now, film, if you will, 
but there's a lot of scouting now on what teams, what teams are doing this year, who's playing well, who's playing not. And so, you know, scoring is going to get harder. Like you're not going to get another 70 point game from the dolphins. For no. So I agree with that. So we're going to go Dallas under. All right. So Texans Panthers, why I picked this number one versus number two, overall pick two quarterbacks. One of which the number two pick CJ Stroud seemingly looking much better than Bryce Young. So this is a big game. Uh, I think CJ Stroud has to come out, show out, prove he's the better quarterback. If uh, the Panthers win, I think that's a big statement as well. So it's also basically a pick em. Houston is favored by three. And this over under is, uh, I would say, not necessarily super high, but 43 and a half with two rookie QBs. So. Interesting, interesting, uh, interesting storylines and kind of difficult line and over under. I keep going back and forth with this one. Um, I want to say that I'm going to take. I'm going to take the Panthers with the under. They haven't won a game yet. They're due. Yes. I think I'm going to go with the Texans and the Ender. Because I believe in CJ Stroud. This one, obviously, the battle for New York, the battle for irrelevancy in each of their divisions. Who who has a worse backup quarterback? Well, the Jets have a starting quarterback. He's no, not... he's not the starting quarterback. The starting quarterback blew oh, his, yeah. his Achilles out in the on the fourth play or whatever. Don't kid yourself. I'll Don't take the Jets in the over. The over? They're gonna it's yeah. gonna be a shootout between Tyrod yeah. Taylor. Is Tyrod Taylor right? He's gonna be the quarterback for the Giants. Yeah. I'll take the versus Jets. Versus Zach Wilson, who's shown some stuff. He's yeah. shown some stuff. So he's He's been playing better. I know. Better. I love, I like the Bill Simmons podcast. They always make fun of Chris Collinsworth when he talks about Zach Wilson after he's made like three completions. Like Zach Wilson really showing how to get it done. Making all the throws. This guy's really got something. They they want, they want him to be the guy. He's not going to be the guy because no. the guy is right now in a sensory deprivation and uh, hut taking ayahuasca recovering from his achilles injury and he's coming back he's gonna be on the sideline throwing before the game so everybody re- remembers who he is he's not gonna let travis kelsey and taylor swift take all of his attention he's no, fucking he- aaron Rodgers. okay he's paid a million dollars on pat McAfee's show because he deserves it he has one title one one title and it was been predicated on a terrible call because Des Bryant caught that fucking ball. So you're going Jets in the over. Yeah. I'll roll with you on that one. It's going to be a shootout. People are going to be going crazy. New York versus New York. Tyrod Taylor, actually, when you look at the stats, he's like 
actually a pretty average backup quarterback. He's, a, he's serviceable. Yeah, he's exactly. Serviceable. It's like he's going to win some games. He's going to lose some games. He's going to lose some. But he he has the ability to actually win some games. No, he he can move the ball. So. Right, which, which is better than some. So. Than Danny Dimes. Yeah, right, dude. Seriously. So this one, Browns versus Seahawks um, in Seattle. This one, I I just I'm so intrigued by this Browns team who has has almost all their money tied up in a guy who's basically just saying like I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna like play. He's, yeah, he's putting himself out. He's like ah, I'm not gonna play, and their defense is just so good. Um, and the spread is pretty close. I feel like the over under is is difficult, so I feel like this one this one was a good one to kind of dive into. I'll take the Seahawks with the under. You think the Seahawks will be able to prevail? It'll be a, a hard hitting. I mean, you can't with the Browns. They're not going to score any points, right? Not really. And and it's in Seattle. Yes. The 11th member, right? 12th. 12th, 12th man. 12th man. That's right. So Seattle in the under. Yeah. I'll roll with you on that one. And then this one, because I feel this is actually probably the most intriguing game that I other than watching the Cowboys and Rams that I would want to watch because uh, Joey Burrows is getting healthy and looking better. Niners are reeling. So they really need this game, right? They really need this. They game. really need it because to have three losses. Uh, That'll take them out of home field. Yeah. And just, again, it's three straight losses. There's not yeah. just like you have three no, losses three straight. So it's tough for them. So what are like, are they going to pull out all the stops? What are they going to do? But again, the Bengals are coming in their own and they've done this every season, right? Yeah. At least the last couple where they've been good is like, they start like garbage and then play into form and become a really formidable team. Um, it's in the Niners are favored by a little over a, t- uh, a field goal with, I think a really reasonable over under depend, you know, considering the talent offensive talent on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the over. I'm not, not I don't know about, I, I'm, I'm on the th- fence about I'm, who to I'm pick. on the fence too, but I, I think I'm going to take San Francisco in the over. You think that they're going to dig down deep, get the job done. They're, they're not, they're not going to drop three in a row. And if they do, then I'll be glad to be wrong. Exactly. I'm willing. I, I agree with you. I'm willing. I'm willing to be wrong. With them losing, I would hate to be wrong for them. Them winning, yeah, that's like a double fucking stab in the heart. That'd be double, yeah. Yeah, if they if they lose, I'm like, Meh, well, yeah, they they lost. Yep, I prefer that to them. To me, the hope rooting for the Bengals and them winning. I agree with that. I think these are solid. I think these over unders are hard. Like, I don't know if they they're are. getting them right. They're they're hard this year because yeah, like, yeah. But um, do you want to do get rid of one or just yeah, to... right, yeah? I... So I gave that to you because I did the last one on the tight ends. Yeah, so this one we're going to go to quarterbacks, but quarterbacks who have not won a Super Bowl. I know there's a lot of them, but I'm talking good quarterbacks that have not won a Super Bowl. You're going to get rid of the worst one. So are we getting rid of Dan Marino, Warren Moon? Jim Kelly or Randall Cunningham. Try to put them all in the same era. 
Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I got to get rid of Randall, rubber band Cunningham. And it's crazy because I had a conversation at um, our local watering hole, the dugout. And they're like, what, what, what team does this guy root for? And they're like, the Eagles. Like, why does he root for the Eagles? And I was like, Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. Like in when I was a kid, he was like electrified. I was a I was a fan of him when I was a kid. Which the is visor? Why, yeah, which is why I'm not gonna get rid of him. I'm gonna get rid I'm gonna get rid of Jim Kelly. This is bullshit. I'm getting rid of I'm getting rid of Jim Kelly. Even though he's obviously the best of all of them, but whatever. I mean, you can't you go to the Super Bowl and you lose. It's just like not going at all. I don't think it, I don't actually. I'm sorry, Ricky Bobby. I don't think that's actually how it is. I don't. I don't. I would rather not go than go and lose, especially four times in a row. So like, the guy who's never been versus the guy who's never been. Because it's that's a worse feeling because you're right there. You're right fucking there. And then you can't. You know, nobody hands out trophies for second place. No, but apparently we're ha- we're handing him out for having wearing a visor. Hey, he was. I liked watching Randall Cunningham way better than watching Jim Kelly back in the day. Why? When Jim Kelly was the quarterback of the Bills, the Cowboys whipped his ass. You love yeah, that. I do. Until but they put him out, and Frank Reich had to come in. That doesn't and play mean just like, as bad. I, that doesn't mean I liked watching him play. The Bills wow. were the most boring teams on the planet back in the nineties. Oh, please. What are you talking about? I didn't like Marv Levy or um, Thurman Thomas or Bruce Smith or Daryl Talley. You didn't like Bruce Smith? No. Bruce Smith. He was a great player. He was a great player, but like I didn't like watching. I didn't like that team. I just didn't like him. Well, I get it. No, I get it. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I don't think that you can put Randall Cunningham in the same echelon as. So first off, obviously, Dan Marino. Dan Marino. It's not fucking getting, stud. Like you're not getting rid of Dan Marino. No, I mean, and same with Warren Moon. Warren Moon was awesome. Warren Moon doesn't get enough credit because a lot He's, of his, he had an amazing career in the CFL. Exactly. And then came and was awesome. And what were they running in Houston when they kept getting beat up? They kept getting their ass kicked by uh, Jim Kelly and the Bills. Were they doing run and shoot? They're or? doing run and shoot. So I mean, that was those were great matches. The Oilers were fantastic they had and then um your third one was uh jim kelly jim kelly fantastic it's interesting because they oh who didn't win a title yeah and they're all the same era i mean that's good i like that i like i I had some other people but like i wanted to put because we were covering like the current era. So I was going to throw Tony Romo in there, but I was just like, no, I'll just, I won't put in any Cowboys on this one. No. And that's what I tried to do too. It's like, at least make it worth a good conversation. Don't like, don't make it easy to like eliminate one person super fast. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think future ones that I have on my mind. Um, you know, like safeties. And we'll do like an era because like they don't get a lot of credit. They don't get a lot of credit, but they were always my, one of my favorite players because they had the back in the day when you could be jacked up 
the safety yep. was jacking people up dude oh for sure especially the strong safeties oh yeah well i mean that's like in their name you know yeah i mean i mean I, that's one thing i'm thinking of i definitely think like there's there's a lot corners. of cool potentials to keep rolling this in with our our football coverage so we can do corners kickers we've done running backs and wide receivers before so we can do linebackers dude biggest interceptions that right like there's so many things it's gonna be awesome uh and that's what we do we get creative we try to keep all of our favorite segments in every time and football season is like football is the last uh, monocultural part of america like so we got to be part of it obviously but you know football lacks is good music oh yeah definitely lacks good music but dude to be honest with you sometimes on cbs if you can listen closely they'll play like mastodon songs i I was i was watching them one time and they were playing like i was like dude that sounds like blood and thunder and then some you know sometimes in seattle they'll play like nirvana tunes and but like that's nothing compared to the music that we bring you oh 100 on the greatest playlist on spotify that is wrestleocalypse 2023 songs to swan tonto and we're going to be adding more tracks starting right now yes indeed well we already did on the on the interlude so yeah that one's going to be available um so i guess obviously it's halloween we haven't even really touched on it but you know i know we all know it's the spooky season also horror season so i had to go deep deep into the archive and i wanted to get something that is both spooky um fitting of halloween and so i'm going with uh a song called our time honored tradition of cannibalism because there's nothing scarier than zombies eating flesh or even worse humans eating flesh. humans eating flesh Yes, cannibalism. So this uh the song is by a band called Boys That's Fire, and it's on a uh album called After the Eulogy from the year 2000. And it starts really awesome. You could imagine this being if it was all dark in the arena and this shit comes on and I come out, it'd be fucking fire. So with no further ado, we'll do it right now. Obsessed with the taste of flesh. I haven't heard that band's name in a long time. You probably haven't heard it since last time I put it on a previous year's playlist. Playlist, yeah, because I definitely like um they do a really good they had like an EP called um In Chrysalis. Yeah, that's the one I had. And I think it had the cover of Hollywood in Cambodia Holiday in Cambodia, maybe. I think so. I think you're right. 
So I think that maybe have that's maybe cracked into one of the previous iterations of the playlist. But um, yeah, they're cool. It's hardcore. I've been through a lot of hardcore. It's Halloween season. So um, it was good. Uh, I see you're coming out to quite the spooky song. Yeah, we're going back to 1999. And this is off AFI's All Hallows EP. And it's called Fall Children. It's a badass opener. It'd be way cool if someone came out to it. Um, AFI is a dope band. They're one of my favorites. Like albums front to back are just great. But this song was apropos for the time we are in. So you can just turn the volume up a little bit and listen to it right now. called fall children so you'll find that bobby's track the interlude and the outro all on our playlist that you should be listening to and you should have already downloaded by now yeah absolutely and i just want to say for all the people who are like oh it's halloween but it's gonna be a bunch of misfit stuff not this year nope we've done it previous years but you can check the previous playlists we have but this year uh, we're doing we're getting a little bit more creative, if you will. We got it. We got to keep this ball rolling on the Wrestleocalypse. I know. Right. Especially the playlist. Exactly. And since we can't top that. No, we cannot. Yours, yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly in this life, Bobby B. And we're always telling you to remember to show empathy, protect the animals and the environment and support the Wrestleocalypse. Ooh, yakasha.